0: Welcome to the post-mortem of the Q Clash of 15 between Brisbane and the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Another night of Queensland footy and another night as a Lions fan that leaves you with your head in your hands uh, claiming what could have been or what might have been Uh, the end result. Well, that was the Gold Coast Suns, 11-10-76, getting over the top of Brisbane, 10-11-71. We've got a lot to go over, a lot to discuss uh, and what will result in a bit of head-scratching, I think, from the Brisbane camp for the next week or so. No doubt they'd mark this game down as a winnable one, uh, and one that they had hoped was going to kick-start a resurgence and starting to put some points on the board. But alas, it all is for nothing. Cameron uh, Rainer shot a goal as the final Soren went. Unfortunately, um, went wide, which would have only resulted in a draw if it had gone through the big sticks. The miss makes sure the Gold Coast Suns head to 3-2. and two. Their season starts to look brighter for Brisbane again, as we mentioned, lamenting what could have been. Uh, we're here to take your calls and your SMSs tonight. Plenty to discuss, as we mentioned. We look forward to getting into it and look forward to hearing from you as well. Uh, the Marcus Ashcroft medal, well, that seems an appropriate place to start. Took Miller was the winner of that for the splendid job that he did on Dane Zorko. Uh, a great job that Took Miller did and Dane Zorko was clearly a frustrated figure right the way throughout proceedings. Uh, gave away a couple of pretty crucial free kicks, including one 50-meter penalty, which uh, no doubt was on the light side, uh, but ultimately crucial when you consider how close the end result between the two teams was. Uh, Dane got no space all night. Um, Took followed him everywhere, coming off when he went off, coming back on when he went on. Uh, being physical, and it did seem at various times that the Gold Coast Suns did have that charter there that it was to get after Dane Zorko. A couple of occasions when Dane wasn't sharp with his disposal, you could see the Gold Coast Suns get to him and make sure that he knew all about it. Uh, But took him uh, the winner of the Marcus Ashcroft medal for Q Clash of 15, and the Gold Coast Suns, as you mentioned, ultimately victorious. Uh, The game was won and lost, really, uh, throughout the first three quarters. Brisbane, as they always seem to do, set themselves the... The tough task of chasing in the last quarter, having to kick four or five goals to even wrestle back a share of the lead and keeping Gold Coast scoreless, which ultimately they weren't able to do. They, similar to the Melbourne game, were able to pull themselves back in a position where the game did become winnable, just lacking that polish and that class. Uh, Probably a little bit of experience there that really would have settled them down and made sure they got them across the line. Uh, statistically, well, another game similar to last week where if you looked at the statistics, you would have thought but Brisbane perhaps would have got the four points uh, they had more of the ball, they had more inside 50s more mark in, more marks, I should say inside fifty as well, uh, but ultimately they lost the contested ball and the clearances which had been the cornerstone or the focus point for them in the preseason. Uh, some some good performers, uh, well, Jared Berry, he had a great night tonight, 25 disposals, eight tackles as well, uh, which was an outstanding effort, and uh, ably supported by his close mate and uh, fellow draftee, Hugh McLuggage, who also had plenty of the ball, he ended up with 26 disposals, did start with 14 in the first quarter and slowly trailed off from there, uh, but Hugh again showing that his form in 2018 continues to go from strength to strength. Dane Beams, he was back towards his best uh, tonight, he was... The leading disposal winner on the ground across both teams, he had 28 touches, 11 kicks and 17 handballs, and seemed to be more of himself, but again, just probably lacking a little bit of that flash or that show, perhaps getting forward to kick a couple of goals, would have really rounded off his nine and perhaps propelled Brisbane to a victory. Tom Cutler, Alex Witherton, they gave terrific drive all night. Plenty of penetration off both of those. Probably Tom Cutler's best game for the club, or certainly his best game from recent memory. So he can take plenty from that to build on for the next couple of weeks. And I thought Mitch Robertson was good as well. Playing a little bit more down back this week, not his usual accustomed role up in the forward half, but he did a good job down back. And Harris Andrews, it must be said, he did an outstanding job on um, Tom Lynch, who he did hold in the end just to two goals, one, uh, did a really good job on Tom Lynch and, uh, and Harris Andrews, uh, showing again why he's one of the premier defenders in the competition. Uh, but ultimately, as we mentioned, a really disappointing night for Brisbane. Uh, the changes they made, there were some interesting changes they did, as we mentioned. Mitch Robinson, he spent some time down in the back line, which he hadn't done uh, throughout most of the year. Uh, Daniel McStay, he went forward in his return to the side. He looked uh, a strong presence up there, but ultimately ended up with one goal, three, uh, which a little bit more straighter kicking could have just got Brisbane across the line. Uh, Jared Harbrow he did a good job on Charlie Cameron, but Charlie Cameron ending up with two goals, uh, and I thought also uh, the uh, Stephen May. And, uh, and Eric Hipwood clash was pivotal. Stephen May had really taken the points for Eric Hipwood across the first three quarters, but Hipwood slightly got off the chain in the last quarter. He ended up with three, um, a good output from from him as a developing key forward. Um, but again, not enough for Brisbane to really hang their hat on. Um, Brisbane will take stuff out of this if this match, as they always do. Chris Fagan is always big on always being learning experiences, but uh, again, you have to feel that, that frustration. It's another season where they do start 0 and five. I think since 2000, and/or the last five years, I should say, uh, they've only won their first game or out of their first five twice. Uh, the other three seasons, they've started 0 and 5, which means two wins out of the 25 matches to start the seasons across the last five years. Uh, that's a disappointing thing. That's a disappointing thing for the club. It's, it's clearly a disappointing thing for the fans as well. Uh, and there's plenty of fresh frustrated spectators piling out of the Gabba uh, at the end of the game. Uh, so where to from here? Well, Brisbane next week, um, they've got a, a tough task again. They head down to GWS to spot the stadium to, spot the stadium to take on the GWS Giants. Uh, That'll be a tough matchup there on Saturday afternoon. Um, And it doesn't get much easier there from Brisbane. They didn't come home and take on Collingwood. But we'll cast their wire across the draw uh, very, very shortly. So a few things that I picked up uh, tonight or or a couple of interesting things that caught my eye. There was the Daniel McStay uh, incident when he was coming in to kick a goal uh, and the crowd noise or the, the noise to pump up the crowd showing a goal play right at the penultimate moment just when he was about to kick the ball. Whether that changed the, uh, the trajectory or not remains to be seen, um, but uh, certainly a curious incident and one that I imagine someone will be raked over the coals for. Uh, as I we mentioned, we're here to take your calls. We do have a caller, so we will uh, touch him with it and see what their thoughts are. G'day and welcome to the Fine Line Podcast. What's your name? Where are you from? Hi mate, My name's Matt. I'm from uh, Coast. Oh, you're not a son, supported by chance, are you, Matt? Ah, uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> mate, what would you like to talk about? The two and Zorka, yeah, it was, a, it was a pivotal one in the end, wasn't it? Um, and I think not only did, uh, did Took Miller take home the, the medal, but he also, uh, his, his efforts frustrated Dane Zorka and resulted in quite a few free kicks uh, heading back the other way. And a couple of them were really pivotal times. It was a 50-metre penalty that resulted in a goal uh, and a couple of down-the-field frees as well. So did you agree with the decision to give Took Miller the Marcus Ashcroft medal? His influence on the game, mate, he had a massive influence on the game in the fact of stopping Dane. Um, obviously, with Dane at all strength, mate, he probably would have made a difference tonight. And he was extremely influential. He probably didn't have the numbers you'd expect for a master from Ellis, but uh, his, his influence on the game, I think, was worthy of definitely being in the boat for that. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I agree with you. It, it was a bit of an unusual decision when they announced it, uh, but um, for, in terms you your right. In terms of influence on the game, you really uh, you really can't um, can't question it when you consider Dane Zorko is probably Brisbane's real uh, explosive burst player. And when Dane gets up and about, Brisbane are, are a much harder team to stop. So uh, a good result tonight for uh, for Took Miller, and certainly a good result for your boys as well. And uh, thanks for calling in. Good luck, mate. Thanks, John. Um, keep up what you're doing. Really appreciating it. So. You're welcome, mate. Have a good trip back down the M1. Thanks, mate. pleasure. Well, yeah, as we mentioned, such a uh, such a critical matchup that one was, uh, and uh, and took Miller. You know, he can be very proud of his efforts, his efforts tonight, uh, taking home that medal uh, at the end of the night. Um, a few other things that I sort of uh, picked up with, um, I thought uh, the interesting decision they had at various times. They obviously had made a conscious call Brisbane to rotate more people through the midfield. Uh, we saw Bunny Christensen actually start the game in the centre square, and uh, Cameron Rayner got some midfield minutes this week as well, so uh, probably a pat on the head for Cameron after his efforts last week, and in teams what he had achieved, uh, getting more of the footy, and seemed to be a more consistent presence around the ground, so that was a great effort by him to uh, to be spending more time in the midfield. Uh, he'll be ruining that kick at the end, but uh, you certainly can't fault Cameron Rainer's effort. Uh, I thought he was tremendous again tonight. Uh, and again, he'll just go from strength to strength uh, as it does go forward. We've got another caller here, so let's, uh, let's see what they've got to say. Welcome to the podcast. How are you going? Good, mate. Good. How are you? Good, mate. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, John from the Gold Coast. <laughs> Not another Suns fan. John, have we got? Yeah, another, another one, mate. Another one. There's plenty around tonight, I reckon. Yeah, mate. Well, what, uh, what was on your mind tonight? Should be retired. Still playing the game, Luke Hodge. Do you think he should still be retired? I think he should, mate. I think he should. He had a good, he had a good run at the Hawks, and I think there's a lot of good talent coming through. So I think, uh, I think should should have made way for uh, for a young kid to come through. I, again a poor game tonight. Hardly to had any touches. Um, probably a little bit overweight, a little bit lazy. So that, that, that's my opinion. That's right. I think, I think you're a little bit harsh about a triple premiership uh, player, a triple premiership captain at, uh, at the very least. Uh, look, he had 19 touches again tonight, and I thought I thought he was okay. Um, I would certainly think that if his relationship with Chris Fagan is one that if, if him and Chris Fagan thought that he was taking the place of a, a more talented player or a player that they could play there and get some real value out of, I, I imagine they wouldn't be trotting him out. But I think his value really at the moment – uh, Is't that marshaling role down back? I, you know I thought Harris Andrews tonight had a tremendous game on Stephen May and, and I'm sure Luke Hodge has a fair bit to do with Harris and the other defenders down there in, in keeping them in the line. Uh, but in saying that, you know everyone, uh, everyone is certainly entitled to their opinion. It's what uh, what makes the world go around. Uh, and there was plenty of uh, plenty of pundits and plenty of uh, you know prominent media types that were debating about whether Luke Hodge should have kept playing or whether he should have hung it up and picked up the whistle and, uh, and kept going from there. Yeah, no, I agree mate I agree he's um, you know I just I, my concern is it's it's not the right way for him to go out I don't think so based on uh, based on the, the first three or four rounds of, of the season I don't think Luke seems to be offering too much to, to the Lions on where they stand in regard to their first four rounds but let's see what happens yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens. I don't imagine Luke Hodge is going to play all 22 games. I, I imagine some there'll be some games coming where they'll probably. Uh, maybe sit him and, and give him some time to rejuvenate the body. And even next week at GWS, that might be one of those games that they sort of mark down in the unlikely win category, uh, particularly after tonight, and then get him back for the games like, um, I think they've got they've got Collingwood, they've got the Western Bulldogs, and then they've got Hawthorne at the Gabba. So there's probably three games there where they, where for various reasons, they probably want to get Luke Hodge uh, Luke Hodge out the field. But I, I reckon you could just about pencil him as a certainty to play Hawthorne at the Gabba on uh, the 20th of May, that's for sure. Hey, I agree, mate. Good to watch. Good yep. to watch, mate. Thanks so much for the call. Appreciated, and uh, and good luck to the Suns for the next few weeks. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, for your time. Cheers. So good to have a couple of callers there. Unfortunately, they were Gold Coast Suns fans, but uh, good to have them in here and uh, and talking footy all the same. Uh, text message we did receive uh, from Marty. So Marty wanted us to uh, to forecast or look our eyes ahead, and and he said, "What do we think is a realistic number of wins for the rest of the year?" Uh, well, as we mentioned, we looked ahead at the draw, and, and GWS next week at Spotless Stadium. That's that's going to be a real task, and, and you can't really see Brisbane winning that one, uh, not on present form across the last couple of weeks anyway. Then we get Collingwood of the Gabba, and, and Collingwood always seemed to match up well against Brisbane in the last few rounds, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brisbane are a chance in that one, uh, whether they take home the points or not. Uh, they then go down to Docklands to play the Western Bulldogs, uh, probably a pretty tough ask. Uh, the games that I'd be circling as, as potentially winnable on, on current form, I think um, Hawthorne at the Gabba could be a game where Brisbane uh, could uh, could lift. And I noticed tonight that North Melbourne got over the top of Hawthorne quite convincingly, so hard to uh, track the form lines at the moment. That could be a game where they're, they're a chance. Uh, North Melbourne uh, and Brisbane down at Docklands, uh, I think Brisbane will, will fancy themselves as a shot in that match, although uh, North Melbourne seem to be improving at the rate of knots. And then you're really looking into July, and and you're seeing Brisbane and Carlton at the Gabba. I think that's going to be the one that Brisbane certainly uh, certainly think is going to be their best opportunity to uh, to put one in the win column. Uh, and then later on in the year, Brisbane play North Melbourne at the Gabba again. Uh, that's probably getting a pretty good chance. And then the Gold Coast Suns' chance for retribution. Uh, Down at Metricon. Uh, They also do travel to Docklands to play Collingwood. So there's a few teams there. They do double up with with double matches and they will certainly fancy um, their opportunities against that. But in this stage, you'd probably think the realistic number of wins might be around the four. Um, and, and that sounds a bit depressing saying at this stage when you look at a ledger in there, 0-5 at the moment. Uh, it probably doesn't uh, doesn't give you too much confidence casting that eye in there. But the one good thing about footy is things do change very rapidly indeed. Uh, you only have to look to North Melbourne's fortunes, uh, how they've been going. They beat Hawthorne tonight by 28 points. Uh, and Frio as well, 54 point winners over the Western Bulldogs earlier on today uh, in a really good matchup. Uh, We're going to leave it there for tonight. We thank you again for your calls. Good to have some text messages flowing on in as well uh, here at the Fine Lion Podcast. We'll be back midweek to talk uh, a bit more of an autopsy on tonight's game. We'll also forecast some matchups and preview and, of course, the big clash down at Spotless Stadium next Saturday. Uh, Looking forward to that one and looking forward to talking to you again soon from all the folks here at the Fine Lion Podcast. Good night and go the Lions.